Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. We're now in our series called Journey of the Redeemed. It's a study in the book of Luke, and as we explore the life of Jesus, we also examine our own journeys shaped by him. We've been talking about all the different ways we take in stories. And in our series, our journey of the redeemed, we are in summer full of stories. We got all of Jesus' parables in the book of Luke that we're just going through and looking at the different stories Jesus told. And so we've been talking about all the the ways we take in stories. And so far we've talked about historic tall tales and how history is passed on to each other. We've talked about short stories. We've talked about novels and TV shows. And so today, uh, maybe you enjoy a little theater in your life, and perhaps you have participated in your own children's skit before in, in a church growing up. So the story that we talked about, you've probably heard of it, The Good Samaritan. Even people who are not involved in church, they tend to know this phrase, we have a hospital named that here. And in, did you know in like all 50 states, there are Good Samaritan laws. And they define a Good Samaritan as a person who renders aid in an emergency to an injured or ill person. So the laws were set up to protect people so that if you see somebody hurt and you go and you take action, but you don't do it perfectly, they're trying to prevent you from being held liable for that. So that you're just trying to help and they want people to enact and be good citizens. So, but a couple weeks ago, we were watching a story on the news Steve and I were watching, and because there's children present, I won't go into the story. But basically, a person stopped a bad guy. And the person doing the stopping kind of made the bad guy perish. And they called him a good Samaritan. And I was like, that seems kind of like the good Samaritan. Like, everybody was still living at the end of that story. So I'm not really sure how we're using this term here. So we hear the term all the time. As Inigo Montoya would say, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. So we are going to look into the story again. You think you know it. Let's try to read it again and see what Jesus was talking about in his original parable. But first, we have to look at who he was telling the story to and why. So we're in the book of Luke chapter 10, and we're going to begin in verse 25. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? So first, we start with who the expert of the law is. In some translation, he is called a lawyer. And he would have been someone trained in God's word, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He would have studied this. And he might have been a helper to either a Pharisee or a priest. And so if you recall, we keep talking about our spiritual influencers, different people who were leading God's people and the way of God's truth. And we've talked about Pharisees and chief priests and elders. So this lawyer would have been like one of the assistants to one of these groups. And it says his motive here was to test Jesus. People keep initiating conversations and asking Jesus questions to trap him and test him and all kinds of things. So let's see how Jesus responds. Verse 26, Jesus replied, 
well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man says, how do I get eternal life? Jesus asked him, well, what do you think? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. So Jesus, he starts with, you ask me a question, I'm going to see what you're thinking first before we go further. And what the man said put them on common ground. The man quoted Deuteronomy 6.5, Leviticus 19.18. So you can see those were the two he put together. Up on the screen, same thing as he said, right? He's asking, loving um, I was trying to see if the slides are right. Um, loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor as yourself. So these were the pillars of faith, and that put him and Jesus on common ground. But the man, he didn't really like that response, so he wants to go further. Verse 29, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So he's still trying to be like, let's see if I'm a little bit, he still wants to win the conversation, basically. So he asked Jesus one more question because neighbor sounds pretty vague. You could interpret this in a number of different ways. Who's your neighbor? And we might use that term in a different way in our culture than, he, than they did back in the day. So instead of quoting more scriptures to define, Jesus tells a story. So the story, the point of why Jesus talks about the Samaritan is all about answering this man's question, who is my neighbor? Verse 30 Let's read from the New Living Translation. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But he saw the man laying there. He crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, who we also hear called Levites, walked over looked at the man lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins. We were saying each of these worth a day's wage. And telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Okay. A couple of things I want to clarify. Why did this man get attacked? Why? Did he have the right money? Was it just bad guys choosing bad things? Why did a priest and a, a Levite, a temple assistant, why did they walk by? Why didn't they stop to help? We don't know. Jesus doesn't give us those details. And so we tend to fill in the gaps, right? The way we interact with people, the past experiences we've had with clergy or good people or people who've treated us poorly, our mind fills it in. But we don't know. Jesus doesn't give us the specifics. All we know is that life, life has in it back then in Jesus' day, has it in our day senseless acts of violence, true? There's things that happen that we've seen, that we've experienced, that cause pain, and we, we keep asking why, and we don't always get the answers. And also, there's people that we expect to be there for us, to show up. Sometimes they disappoint us. 
Sometimes the people we think are going to come to our help, somehow they aren't there. So that maybe we feel like, well, I want to know more information, and yet the lack of information feels very true to life. Now, in this translation, we read the Samaritan being called despised. And so I want to clarify here, too. Jesus was not calling, personally thinking that this man was despised. He's saying culturally that this is the way the attitudes were, the way the Jewish people, his neighbors, the way this expert of the law might have been thinking about Samaritans. Quick history. We've talked before the Jewish people and the Samaritan people have the same ancestry. They were all living as God's people many years before this. But if you remember back in 2021, we studied the books of Daniel, Esther, Ezra, and Nehemiah, when God's people had been taken exile and they were taken to other places. They were living in captivity. But there were still a few people who remained. There were some Jewish people who remained. And when they met other people who were non-Jewish, they married them. But they also kind of took upon like, well, besides worshiping Yahweh, the Lord God, some of them began to worship some new gods added along with it. And that group of people is who now we know as the Samaritans in this situation. So when the Jewish people come back and they're like, well, we don't know who you are anymore. You've you've made some choices. And so they kind of kept their distance. They're like, well, you're making these choices. We're going to stay true to God. We're going to make these choices. And so we see a division socially here. So not only is this parable about a person helping a stranger, like the Good Samaritan laws in our country, but this is about a person actively going to someone who might, in fact, despise him, dislike him, may have been avoiding the Samaritan if he could have stood up and walked away at the moment, doesn't know. The Samaritan made a choice to help, even though he didn't actively know whether this guy would have liked him or not, would have would have been nice to him or not. He chose to show God's love. He made that choice first and showed compassion. So then Jesus has an aha moment and asks one more question to the expert of the law. Verse 36, Jesus asked, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? The, the lawyer replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, go and do the same. So the Samaritan was described as having compassion. And here, what the expert of the law points out is that he showed mercy. Mercy. It's when you, when you choose to treat a person in this great way, even though you don't know if they deserve it or not. Maybe you actively know they don't deserve it. But offering that compassion was mercy. Not knowing, not knowing if it was deserved, but given anyway. And in, we have already read in the book of Luke, God the Father, Jesus the Son, being described as having qualities that are both merciful and compassionate. Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she was pregnant with Jesus, sang in Luke 1, for the mighty one is holy. He shows mercy from generation to generation. She sings about God, the creator's mercy. And then in Luke 7, Jesus meets a person and it says, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. So here, both God 
the Father, Jesus the Son, are described as being compassionate, merciful. And that's what the Samaritan demonstrated. And in this way, Jesus was pointing out that is a true neighbor, one who will take action for you. So the the religious expert, I'm sure he didn't love thinking like, well, he knew more than the Samaritan. But he had to admit that in this story, the action took precedence. A friend of mine, Rochelle Palmer in Houston, preached this very parable last week. I was like, I want to hear you preaching. That's what she was speaking on. And I like how she pointed out two perspectives. She was saying the expert in the law narrowed. Like he was like, who's my neighbor so I can know who's in and who's out, right? Zoom in, where Jesus broadened. And he was like, look, a Samaritan who may not know all the facts is actually taking action. So action praised more than just reciting the law. The religious expert question, he was like, how do I get eternal life? Me? It was self-focused. And Jesus was like, let's care for others, right? So in each time, we're narrowing versus broadening. And that's what Jesus does. He broadens perspectives. And he tries to remind us that knowing the right thing and doing the right thing are two different situations. And we've known that since we were small as these echo kids, right? We're taught things and then living it out can be hard. Even when the message is simple. Show God's love, right kids? We adults, show God's love. But that can be pretty tricky. In the everyday situation, it can be harder than it sounds. But that's our simple message on this journey. How do we live as the redeemed people of Jesus? And through today's parable, we're told to go and do the same. Do the same. Do the same as the Samaritan and show God's compassion. Let the compassion that you, when you see others in need, let the compassion move you. Act with mercy. Do the same as God has done for you. Now, some people might think that's odd. Some people might say, well, you're giving up your, you're giving in, you're giving up your rights if you choose to be nice to someone else. But that may be so. But we're not created to live to other people's standards. We are being asked to live to Jesus' standards. And he demonstrated this beautiful story of compassion and mercy, even when it may not have been deserved. Go and do the same. Jesus also lived it out. He doesn't talk about things that he's not doing himself. Every lesson, every time he talks, he has lived it out first or does soon after and both. He cared with other, for others with compassion and mercy. He spent his life noticing people in need, whether they were needy, whether they were vulnerable in society and no one else was noticing them, or if they were the spiritual influencers who everyone was looking at. Jesus showed mercy to all people. He noticed, he stopped, just like the Good Samaritan. And if you think about it, we're all living in the world We've all felt pretty beat up sometimes by the world, like the injured man on the side of the road. And Jesus comes in, and he notices us, and he cares for us. It doesn't even matter if we've always said yes to him in the past. Jesus says yes to us. Go and do the same. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for being Merciful, thank you for being compassionate to us. 
we don't deserve it, but we thank you. Thank you for teaching us how to show love to others. A simple message, but give us the courage and the strength to do that today. Even when we look different from other people, by choosing to show mercy, help us to act on that compassion. Thank you for being a God we want to imitate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.